Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I am so glad you're here today. I want to start out by asking you a question, and I'd like you to just take a minute to think about this. What are you working towards in your life? My second question is, what are you working for? Yeah, what are you going to work every day and what are you working for? It's so interesting because the guest on my show today asked herself those very questions. And it wasn't until she went through our program that she was able to actually answer those questions and she made sure that they were in alignment with her core values. And if you're struggling and you're sitting there listening to this saying, Natalie, I don't know what I'm working for. I just get up every day. I do what I'm supposed to do. I have a mortgage to pay. I have bills to pay. I have kids to put through college. I get it. I totally understand. But COVID has really been an opportunity. The silver lining in COVID is it really has been an opportunity for each of us to take a powerful pause to think about these types of questions. And it's why my co-coach and I, Lori Tab, have built the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. And today, you're going to hear from my guest, Kim Nixon. She's a strategy and operations professional, a powerhouse woman with a passion for taking ideas from concept to creation. Over the past 20 years, Kim has really had the good fortune to work in several different roles. She's worked as a management consultant, a brand storyteller, a product strategist, a program manager, a business development consultant, a general manager in the consumer goods industry, and now she's working as the COO of a tremendous startup called Health House. Kim has a passion about helping brands envision, develop, and execute strategies to innovate and evolve their business models for growth. As you can see, Kim is a high achiever, and she questions that in this episode. She asks herself those two questions, what am I working towards, and what am I working for? And you'll hear what prompted her to ask those questions and how she found her answers. And she had four good reasons for finding those answers. Two of them were her boys. The third was her husband. And the fourth was her health. So take a listen as Kim Nixon shares her journey as a founding member of the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. And if you are inspired by what Kim shares, which I don't know how you can be, give us a call for a free discovery call to find out if the program is a good fit for you. You can look at the website at www.womenleadingpowerfully.com. And you can schedule an appointment there, or you can email me directly at natalie at corecreationcoaching.com and set up an appointment. There's no charge. There's no pressure. And we have spots that are filling up for January, and we would love to see you inside the program. So let's dive in and listen to Kim's powerful personal story about her journey in the Leadership Lab. And if you find yourself with more questions than answers, about those two important questions. What are you working towards? 
and what are you working for, then it might be time for you to sign up for the Leadership Lab. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Kim, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here today. And thank you for taking the time to be here to talk about your experience in the Leadership Lab. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. I'm just happy to see your face for one more week. I was very sad yesterday. It was our first Monday without a call. Um, I know. So it's nice to see you again. Uh, It's good to see you too. So I would love for you just to share with my audience so they can get to know you a little bit better. Um, If you could just share with a little bit about yourself and your career history and and what you've been up to. Sure. I have a long windy career history, but um but it's kind of fun at the same time. <laughs> I'm I'm from New York, uh grew up in New York and you know I come from a Caribbean family where everyone's basically an essential worker if you will, what what's kind of all been retitled these days. I went to Wesleyan University undergrad and right out of undergrad, I became a management consultant at Deloitte Consulting, um, which was the probably the least likely path for me because I did not have a finance background. I was a poli-sci undergrad major, but just the way I think and always kind of thinking about problem solving um, and even thinking really entrepreneurially, uh, it was a really great fit for me. Probably the best thing I've done from a career perspective because it's such an incredible training ground. I went to business school, I went back into consulting. um, And then after a couple of years, I made a switch over to a small company called Under Armour. It was much smaller at the time. (laughs) I know. It's funny. It's funny to hear that now, right? A small company named Under Armour. Yeah, small company. Uh, it was it was much smaller. I, I I was living in Baltimore at the time, and and really had spent no real time uh, with the brand or with anyone at the brand, other than a couple of friends that had worked there. But I took my strategy background from consulting into a strategy role at Under Armour. Stayed there for eight years, doing lots of different things, from working on our footwear team to our international teams, um, working on our first smart devices, working on our first three year plan. Also an incredible training ground from watching a small company or what was a small division in a company really just grow and boom and being a part of that growth. Um, My last stint at Under Armour took me to Panama for a couple of years as head of marketing for our emerging markets region. And from there, I'd really started to to gain this interest in owning the full P&L and the full business. Um, And uh, right at the two-year mark, I I was given the opportunity to do that with a brand called Manduka Yoga in LA. Uh, I figured at that point I had already picked my family up and sold everything, and no no reason not to continue our little family band roadshow. So we <laughs> moved from Panama to LA, um, which has also been incredible. We've been here for a little over two years now, and at Manduka I took on roles VP of of Sales and uh, GM of the Americas. And again, so owning that full P&L, really understanding the business end to end, 
um, influencing products, marketing, and then also managing sales. And um, I did that for just just shy of two years and then uh, moved on to a role with the company I'm at now, which is Health House. And Health House is a, a fitness studio, um, strength-based, strength and rowing-based concept um, flagship here in L.A., uh, we closed all our doors because of COVID uh, in March. We have one door reo- what that's reopened. The, the, the concept started in Kansas City. So one door is reopened in Kansas City. Um, but we really kind of moved to digital everything. And it's actually been really incredible. I, I joined Health House in order to help the brand grow nationally. And, and this growth path is not what we intended at all. But it's been an incredible ride and uh, a, a tremendous learning experience. So like I said, very windy. Um, but within all of those, very much being at the start of something and being able to help define the path for growth, being able to think through what the market currently withstands and then where the white space is, that's that's usually where I play. Perfect. No, thank you, Kim, for sharing all of that. And, you know, you have had a lot of different varied experiences in your career. I'm curious to know, from I have a mostly women, female audience. Um, what are some of the leadership lessons that you learned along the way, you know, along your path of getting into leadership and then also having that full P&L responsibility? Um, I'm curious just to hear, you know, some of the the lessons you learned along the way. You know, so within all that career experience, there are, there were great leaders and great experiences. Um, there were challenges, uh, many of them. <laughs> along the way. And uh, let's see, at least two downturns to maybe three downturns mm-hmm. uh, throughout all those experiences as well. So uh, the, the most important thing, the best leaders that I've had and the ones that have most influenced me are the ones that put their people first. And that can be really challenging, especially as you consider downturns or um, down just downsizing or right-sizing departments. It doesn't always mean giving people anything that they want or having a bloated organization for the sake of saving people's feelings. Sometimes it, it means dealing the truth out, right? And doing it in a way that is respectful and beneficial to that person's growth. And so people first for me really does mean, you know, I, I set a high standard for what I expect for my team. And I, I am given the license to challenge people to show up and be their best because they trust me that when I ask for their best, it's not just because I'm challenging them, but because we as a team, we're setting a high bar and we as a team have a goal to meet. Um, And I've been very, very lucky to have teams that really will follow as long as you can set a vision and 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 a path forward. And I think that's the second piece of leadership that's really been important it's very, very difficult to lead when people don't understand why they're being asked to do something and you don't give them a full picture. Um, and I've been asked to do that. I have been asked to lead in the dark in the past, and I've pushed back uh, extremely hard on that. You just lose so much trust in those moments. And even if I can't give you a full picture, I can give you the next two to three steps. I can tell you why I'm asking you to do those things. And I believe one of the reasons people don't normally do that is because the leader doesn't want to show up as, as being wrong or, um, or as leading them down the wrong path. Right. And so my third point is, uh, is leading with vulnerability and being honest about when I don't know something or that I'm trying something out. Um, that's something that I learned from consulting way back in the day. One of the very first things they taught us was, was 
don't ever go into a room telling a client something when you don't have the actual answer. Like it is actually okay to say, I don't know, and I'll get back to you. Right. And being able to do that with confidence takes some time and takes some practice. But I'm very comfortable at this point saying, I'm not actually sure this is the right answer or this is the right approach, but here's what I've done. Here's the research I've seen. Here's what I've done in the past. Here's what I believe will be right. I will not waste your time. I will ask you to do this one thing or two things. We will test, we will iterate, and we will take it from there. Um, and by making testing and iterating a part of my process, um, it's allowed me to, to also incorporate vulnerability and I don't knows into my leadership style with, with ease. Yeah. And I'm so glad you're sharing that. Um, you're talking about testing and iterating, which in some sense is like, Hey, let's be okay with failing, but failing fast and learning and growing. Right. What would you say to the women listening who hold themselves back from taking action because they want it to be perfect? What would you say to those people? I would say treat action like a muscle, like anything else, like any other thing that you would build and you would strengthen. So I, I would say take action in the smallest ways to start. I, I Obviously, I work for a fitness brand now, so I think about this stuff very often when I'm thinking about what it takes to get the consumer to to, to get off the couch and not watch us work out, but actually <laughs> right. work out. Right. Right. So, <laughs> and it's, I think of the same thing when I, when it's taking action, uh, you know, this from all of our sessions and our group coaching, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more um, of a risk taker than I think most people are. And so I, I think of action and risk kind of along these same lines, but you have to start and it's easy for people to tell you like, just start, just take one step. But I mean, start anywhere, right? It's a muscle. And so the more that you train it, the more that you do it, the easier it becomes to start. And so starting could look like, um, you know, from a taking action perspective, starting could look like doing something completely different from or aside from your goals, like not necessarily taking the first step with your goal, but setting up a bank account or setting up an LLC if you're looking at going into something entrepreneurial or asking someone for a first meeting right? If you want to sell cookies and you're asking the pretzel guy down the block for that first meeting, it might not feel like a start in your business, but it's a start of any kind is a start. And so if you treat action like a muscle and you start to do small things, and then you realize these are the things that I tell myself before I start. These are the things I tell myself while I'm taking that first step. Mm -hmm. These are the things that um, normally hold me back. You'll start to be able to, to see them almost to sit outside of yourself, to, to see them and to hear them. And one of the things that I learned from our, our, our time together in our group coaching is what kind of uh, language I need to have in order to combat some of those negative voices in my, in my head um, when I'm taking those actions and when I'm taking a, a step from a vulnerable place. No, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Kim. I, I know you're your wisdom is needed by many people and, you know, you have a wonderful uh, background of leadership and it's, I really appreciate you sharing that with the audience. Um, so let's jump into the leadership lab. So I would love to just kind of find out how did you find out about the leadership and what made you say yes to joining? <laughs> because I just jump into everything. No, because <laughs> you ta- you're an action taker. Right? I just start. <laughs> I just started. <laughs> um, that's not far off from the truth. I was introduced to Lori uh, about four or five months ago. But I was introduced to Lori conceptually, not not actual int- introduction to her, but a friend of mine from my time at Under Armour 
um, was uh, working with Lori on a coaching, on a one-on-one coaching relationship. And so she was talking to me a little bit about the types of questions that her coach was asking her in terms of what my friend wanted to really get out of the next phase of her life. And I was, I was at the same point where I'd, I'd done a lot, I'd moved a lot, you know, a lot of the things that people kind of work up to in their career to do, I had done. And, um, and, and so I was, I was really struggling with what's next. Like, do I want to continue to work in this way? Do I want to continue to lead large teams? Do I want to continue to work for large organizations? The larger, larger the organization, very often the less flexibility, the less innovation, not always true, not a hundred percent of the time, but a lot of times you're starting to work into in more of a managerial role and you're managing a book of business instead of growing new business, which is where I, I really like to play. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I needed to, I needed help defining what next looked like for me. And I, I had some health challenges in the last year, which reminded me very much of the health challenges I had 10 years ago. <laughs> and, um, and so through some of that, I wanted to also define what's next in a way that honored the fact that I'm a mother and a wife and I've had two health challenges, very large ones in a 10 year period of time and that my parents are aging. And, you know, I happened to find all of that and be thinking about all of that in a framework timeframe when COVID became a thing. And so then that was an additional thing that I had to manage in terms of what does next look like the next two, five, 10 years look like for me with all of these uh, additional influences and additional uh, factors in mind. When you're 20, you don't necessarily put those things as priorities first. Your career is, is your first priority. Um, when you're my age, which does not need to be said, <laughs> but, when you get to, but when you get to where I am, number wise, um, you know, you, those, you're, it's not that your family was not a priority when you're 20, but you want to start thinking about how your career can sit next to and, and alongside your, your kids working from home and, you know, that really hard third grade math <laughs> and right. your husband's conference calls at the same time. Like we are in a different place. So I'm very lucky to have found the, the group coaching and, um, and leadership at the time that I did because I needed a new framework. I, the way that I was operating, which was just go as hard as possible and there will be a break in six weeks, I promise. That wasn't going to work for me anymore. And I, and I needed to be able to uh, set boundaries and honor my needs in a way that um, was sustainable over a period of time. So Kim, I think what you bring up is so vitally important for my listeners. And you bring up such a good point of what you started out doing in your 20s and your 30s. You were on a certain path and you might not have even been conscious of, look, I'm just going to get a job and I'm going to, I want to elevate to leadership and I want to be the VP and I want to be the president and I want to be the CEO and I want to travel internationally and I want to do all these things. And then these other influences, like you said, these other priorities come into your life, family, kids, aging parents, uh, COVID with having to homeschool children, right? But so often people stay on that path that they think that they're supposed to stay on and they don't take time to reflect, which ends up in burnout, which ends up with women exhausted. So... I'm curious to know if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, kind of what happened to you along the journey with your health issues and, and how that ended up influencing your decision to kind of reframe what was a priority in your life. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually really important because I, I was fully aware that I was going as hard as humanly possible to my goals. I, I was very goal oriented. I still am, but I had, you know, kind of like dates and gates. I knew what to do. And, and a lot of that was set up even by the companies I worked for, you know, you kind of, you're given a, a framework, you work these two years, you do it really well, you get this kind of rating and you'll be promoted and then you'll go to the next level. And um, when I was in my twenties, 10 years ago, when I was, well, it doesn't matter how old I was, but <laughs> well, uh, 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer in my neck. And um, I went through six rounds of six months of chemotherapy, 12 rounds of chemotherapy in six months. I was married. I was newly married. Um, I had just lost my mother-in-law to cancer the year before. I didn't have kids yet, um, but I was very much on the path to a career that I would be really proud of, that my whole family would be really proud of. And, um, and it was a game changer for me. You know, it was a, a moment in time I had a, my doctors would say I had a very treatable cancer. So, you know, I never, I was never at a point where I thought, um, I may be terminal or I may pass away from this, but it's, it's still a game changer in terms of your ability to think through like what, what happens next. And I was fairly young when I was sick. And so, uh, you know, it's at that point when in people's careers where they feel invincible and I no longer felt invincible. And Mm. so um, that I think really kicked off for me a couple of things. I started to become very focused on financial freedom or freedom in general, like a freedom to move and to operate the way that I wanted to operate, not within the confines of the job and the construct that the job had set up for me, any job, didn't matter which job it was. I wanted to be successful, but I wanted to do it very quickly so I could stop working this way. I I knew that I was not going to be able to work at this rate and this level for an extended period of time. And so I I continued to push. I I had my children. I continued to push myself as hard as I could with this idea that in 10 years or so, I would, you know, take a step back. Maybe I would become a stay at home mom. Maybe I would work part-time, maybe I would freelance or do something different. And, um, and that 10 year mark, uh, came about with a heart attack. I had a heart Mm. attack in January and, um, that heart attack actually had, had nothing to do with my diet or, um, even stress. Not that there wasn't stress, but it's, um, it's actually, uh, just a, a arterial tear. So um, a part of your artery tears and then causes a blockage that's similar to a blockage that you would have in a normal heart attack scenario. It's called SCAD. And so that felt terrible, but, uh, you know, I was kind of in and out of the hospital very quickly, but left with all of this mental baggage to rework again. And I think any woman, anyone, but particularly women, when they go through very large health scares, I think the work that you do afterwards is uh, probably as important, if not more important than the, the work that's done to kind of get you back on track. So I spent a lot of time thinking about what triggers me, why I work the way I work, why that's the only way that I feel like there's value is if I'm working as hard as possible. And working as hard as possible doesn't necessarily mean working smart or leveraging your team the way that you should. It's truly just a version of adrenalizing. It's like moving from um, one challenge to the next, because once you solve one, you feel like you've gotten the reward. But Mm -hmm. that reward 
gets, you know, um, it's not as bright every time you move on, like you continue to do the same amount of work. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, my reward is that I get to do more work. (laughs) I needed to change my value system. I needed to change what, uh, what I felt was rewarding and what I, um, what I was working towards and what I was working for. And that, that was really my goal going into the leadership program with you and, and Lori. Yeah. And, and Kim, thank you so much for sharing your experience because I think you bring up so many important points for my, my listeners. And, you know, I've, I've had several women on the show. Katie Anderson, um, is one of them, you know, who literally had health issues. And like you said, did the work afterwards to really reprioritize and think about how am I showing up? Why am I doing this? And what is the reward? And, you know, so many of us women, me included, you know, we wear busy as a badge and it becomes this, this thing of like, I'm so busy and so much of our self-identity and our self-worth gets tied up in how much we're producing. And it's, it's this never ending cycle that we're never going to get to the end of. And so fast forward, you're doing this work and you're thinking about, you know, you're, you're reprioritizing your life and your work and how basically work is going to fit into your life. And then we were able, you know, we met in June when the leadership lab started. So you said yes, and you joined. And I'm curious to know, what were your personal goals for the program? So week one, right, but as you're entering into the program, what were you hoping to get out of the 12 weeks? <laughs> so it's very funny because uh, amongst my friends, um, my my goal was to retire, um, and 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 they, you know, joke that I have no idea what retirement looks like. But when I say <laughs> retire, I really mean like retire into um, into like entrepreneurial pursuits. And okay. so they're like, that's not retirement. So, <laughs> but my goal was to figure out how to let go of the need for that validation from a career perspective, like not needing the title and that reward for good work from external sources. I, I'm very comfortable with the type of work I do and the caliber of work I, I deliver. Um, and I need, I need that to be enough. I need to know that when I say I'm, I've done my best and I, you know, deliver my product, um, that I'm proud of it and that I know it will add value is enough. I don't need, um, the external validation that I, frankly, I think societally we've all been built to, uh, to start to, to create value around that more so outside voices versus your own internal voice. And so I really needed to find that internal voice again, that would help me recalibrate. And I, I think that's something that a lot of us need, you know, like there's a lot of external validation that comes from the number of likes you get on a, a picture on social media. And I think LinkedIn is starting to become that kind of place as well, where now you post your award or your other thing, and then it's about how many people celebrate you. And, um, and, and that's, that's okay. It, you know, and people need that and, and should have that external validation, but I needed more internal solace and peace. I needed to find ways for me to be okay with just me clapping for myself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so tell us about your journey, um, signing up for the leadership lab, you go through the 12 weeks, and how are you different? What have you learned? 
after going through the program? So what I learned in the leadership lab was that uh, I, I had all the tools I needed already in order to launch anything I wanted on my own, to be my own source of validation. And I also had and gained a community that also did provide that an external validation for when I did need it and was there to pick me up uh, in the times when I wasn't able to do it for myself. Um, what's really interesting about the timing of this program was our from our onboarding session to kind of the end date. I'm a Black woman in America, and they were literally end capped on both ends by massive violence and massive protests um, and uh, police shootings of or police involved injuries and violence against two black men. So on the front end, it was George Floyd. On the back end, it was Jacob Blake. And um, I remember on our onboarding call, as you and, and Lori were trying to, you know, kind of get a sense for what I was looking to accomplish and what I needed out of this, I just broke down in tears. I couldn't even fully verbalize what was happening at that moment in time. But I think, I think there was a weight that and a weightiness and that, that I, I just, I couldn't carry anymore. And I needed, I needed this program and I needed it at the time that I, that it came along to learn how to put down the weight and to pick up only what I can afford to pick up when I can pick it up. And um, the importance of the timing of it is I, I, I've probably not stated it to you and Lori enough because for this program to be bookended by both of these, I think without the program in between would have broken me. And, and I don't say that lightly. I, it's not like the burden has gotten any lighter, but I do think I've figured out how to shift and how to manage and what tools I need in between. And the reason that's important is because obviously I don't know these two men personally, but the way in which that external validation that I talked about earlier, the way that that impacts me specifically as a black woman means that very often I doubt whether or not my work is being seen as valuable or credible because of who's presenting the work. And so the need for me to find that internal voice and find it when I did was probably 2x or 3x as important as it was even six months ago. Um, and so while I came into the program trying to figure out how to, you know, uh, trust myself to spread my wings, to start whatever business I want to start, um, what I got from it was something completely different and frankly more important, which was um, how to learn how to trust myself how to learn um, that if I put something down, I can pick it back up. And, and also that people do trust me and people do value me in a way that I've been searching for and asking for, and that I need to be able to, to, to kind of get that value, trust, credibility. Um, and I need to find the communities and, and work within communities that will support that. And, and you guys definitely provided me with one. Mm, Kim. I so appreciate you sharing that. I, I remember, I, I will never forget your kickoff call because I think we were, I was speechless. I 
you know, so many feelings. And and I did a whole episode about how to cure racism. And obviously it, it goes far beyond just one podcast episode. But yeah. I literally just remember being in that call, feeling the weight as a white woman, feeling embarrassed and guilty and the weight of what was going on in our world and then feeling your pain and empathizing, but also knowing that I wasn't able to step in your footsteps and I wasn't able to, like, I have no idea. And just honoring that and feeling badly about that, not knowing what to say. And actually, you don't know this, but that experience that we had, like, I'm getting emotional, like that experience. (laughs) No, it's like, I'm getting emotional too. It's like that experience that you and I had that day where I was at a loss for words made me realize like, that's not okay. Like I need to have words. Like I need to be able to share. I need to be able to, uh, lean into the discomfort that I'm feeling about not knowing what to say, not knowing how to help, not knowing what to do. And that actually propelled me on my own self-learning journey uh, of just reading and listening and being really, really curious about stepping into uh, my own journey um, so I can be a better ally, so I can be a better voice. And so I want to thank you for being so honest and open and wonderful that day because I mean, to be frank, it's like been a really shitty time in our country and it's just been awful. And I am so glad that I've been honored to have you in our program and you showing up with your strength as well as your vulnerability and the weight that you've had to bear during this time and and other people of color and i know it's unbearable at times and i guess the one small glimmer is that i'm glad that the community inside the leadership lab was able to in some small way support you during this no, time absolutely not in a small way i mean you will remember the week i wish i knew what week number it was but you will yeah. remember and we all took our turns having <laughs> our week <laughs> having our weeks. But I, I think you'll remember the week where I was just done. I, I, you know, I think everybody has a moment in 2020 when they're just done. Yeah. And um, I had my week and you and Lori, you know, asked the the other women on the on the call to, you know, kind of speak words of just power and strength and confidence and grace and uplift um into me and to me and it was everything it was everything i needed at that moment and i i cherish it and i i take it with me and i take it very very seriously you know there are very few times when people give you your flowers while you're here and um and it was um it was incredible oh making me cry sorry <laughs> no it's it's good it's all good it's all good um i you know i'm so it, Lori and I talk about this all the time. You know, we built a framework. We we built a, a safe place and a container for women to come together. But what the women in these groups provide for each other, the community, 
the love, the support, the nurturing, the grace, the um, just everything is so much more than what Lori and I could have ever imagined. And it, it's why I'm so passionate about this work. It's why I'm so passionate about this program. It's why I want to literally stand on the rooftops and tell everybody about it. Because I think women have been searching for so long for this group and for this community. You know, I, I mean, I'll share my own experience. You know, I, I always grew up in a neighborhood where I played with the boys and, you know, I never felt like I was really a girly girl and I never really felt like I fit in with the girls. And, you know, I, I had several women during my career at, at my old company where, um, you know, I, I felt connected, but oftentimes when I would walk into a room full of women, it was, it just felt uncomfortable sometimes. And Lori and I are very conscious and purposeful about the way that we structure this group to create trust and psychological safety and just this community that instantly bonds. And we've seen it with your group. We've seen it in the second group. We're getting ready to onboard the third and fourth groups. And so maybe Kim, if you could talk a little bit about the community, I know you've already done such a beautiful job of it, but a little bit about the community aspect of it and um, what your thoughts were about it or what you learned from that community piece. Yeah. I, I commend you guys for being incredible matchmakers for, from a community perspective, because it's not easy. And I think one of the things there was a, there was one call that we had where you asked everyone like what they, now that we were, you know, a few weeks in what everyone was looking to, to get out of this. And I mentioned at the time that it's lonely at the top. It's lonely. And I'd say that very humbly. I'm not at the top of anything, but. Uh, but yes, you, you are, know, my it's, dear. It's, it's, <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. You're a operating <laughs> officer. You've been, at the, <laughs> you've been at the top for a while. Thank you. Um, but, but, you know, there's, there aren't as many women at, and there aren't as many, I mean, j- frankly, you're usually leading a team at, at this point in time. And so there aren't as many people that you can turn to and have safe conversations with. And, and so being able to choose this group of women that were going to come into this space, be equally as good listeners as they were, you know, sharers in terms of what their experiences were and what things uh, they were able to provide to each other in the group is very difficult. It's difficult to find 12 women that'll do that and also be at different points in their career where, but, but still be able to, to feed off of and help each other. Um, what I, and I've had, I've had accountability groups in the past. I, I still have an accountability group, um, but this was different. It was much more about commune and it was much more about a, a safe space where you absorbed at your own rate and i remember saying to you guys during my onboarding session you know i'm i'm coming in planning to be a sponge and you very so you ever so kindly was like no no <laughs> you can't just be a sponge you've also you also have to share and i'm like you know i don't want to be the person that talks too much or speaks over other people or anything of that nature. Like I want to learn. And, um, and I, I think you created this environment through both the weekly calls, but also the pods. Um, and then many of us had our own kind of one-off calls as well that allowed us to learn and to give 
at the rate that we were comfortable, but there were several opportunities to do so based on the framework, based on the homework assignments, um, the, the, the various videos that, that were imparted during the week through those individual calls and the pod calls, and then also in the group coaching. Um, and some of the questions, you know, there just, there were very time, very often there were times when you would, you would ask or Lori would ask a question um, the same way you asked it the week before, but because we were growing and evolving and changing, you know, our answers were changing and we could see that evolution and just having that, that structure that allowed us to come back and answer those questions over and over again gave us, I think it gave us like a report card for ourselves, right? Like it was a way to reflect back to ourselves, you know, were we able to answer that question with more grace, with more patience for ourselves, with more um, opportunity to honor ourselves in terms of our values? And I, I won't reveal what some of those questions are because I, I think they're important to answer to answer in the group. But, um, but you know, it it felt like an attack, Natalie. <laughs> it felt like you were asking me to be introspective when I wanted to complain. I don't. I, I, it was it was really it was very well done. No, well thank done. you for sharing that. It it it's funny because um, you know, as we're doing these podcast episodes you know, part of it is, you know, we're using this as testimonial for people who are interested in the lab to understand what it's like. And it's just so, it's so funny because, you know, people come on and they're like, the work is hard, you know, it's hard. Like, (laughs) yes, it is. It is hard. And that's the point is the point is we are here to shake things up. We're here to stir things up. We are here to make you really uncomfortable in the most positive, loving way, in a community where you're safe, in a community where you can make mistakes and try things out. And maybe if you're an introvert, you can practice, you know, sharing more and being more open um, in a super safe space where you're not going to be ridiculed at work and you're not going to be put down and um, you're not going to be shamed. And that's the beauty of this program. And that's why Lori and I are so passionate about it is, uh, yeah, we're here to shake things up. (laughs) You guys have really, you've done an incredible job. And I, I I think the most important part of this is the work that the pre-work that you guys do to pick the right people for the group. And I'm, I'm sure group two and group three and group four will look different from our first group, our inaugural group, because they, you might have a semblance of people that need something different or they're different points in their career or what have you. And so, like I said, I've, I've potted with people before. It doesn't always work because people are at different points in their career and they need different things. And so I think even though this group of women that, that I was working with, we all had different goals and objectives and, and, and the like, we were aligned in terms of where we were in our journey for more where what we were looking for what was more and 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 what we were asking of you guys in order to provide and we were also all committed and i think that's a, a huge deal people should join this when they're ready to commit it's not it's not something to take lightly or to do flippantly i mean it's you know it's about your own self growth no, I, I i love that and you know i i didn't mention it i failed to mention it but you are one of our founding members and you are one of our first, you are our founding members. And, um, 
your whole group holds such a special place uh, in Lori and I's hearts because you you went through the first time with us and we we got to experience this whole thing just like you guys did. And it was so amazing. Um, and just like you're saying, every group has its own group personality, which has been interesting. But what I'll say to my listeners who are thinking about potentially joining or, or interested is um, just like you're saying, we do carefully curate the group to make sure that the women in the group um, are committed. They're willing to do the work. They're willing to share. They're willing to be vulnerable and they are willing to be open to change. And so um, that's the most exciting part about it. And they're open to community and to building something with other women. Um, so I would love for you to share, Kim, I have a, just a couple more questions. Um, I would love for you to share, how are you going to take the insights that you learned in the leadership lab and implement those in your life moving forward? Well, I think the two things that um, I use very regularly is um, just making sure that anything new that I'm investing time, effort, money, thought, anything into, uh, that those are things that are aligned with my values. And if they're not, then I need to really minimize the amount of time I'm spending on those things. Um, and, you know, through the program, although I didn't, uh, explicitly state it as a goal when I joined, but I talked about it quite a bit. And so I, I've started to use it as a barometer. Um, you know, I talked a lot about not wanting to pass on this idea of workaholism to my kids. And, and I don't use workaholism lightly. Like I, I really do think it's something that needs to be explored, especially with women of my generation and kind of where we are in our career. And, um, and I want, I want my kids to, to see me and, and my husband and think of balanced lives and have, and have a value system based on, you know, that balance that we can create versus this is the only way that people value you is when you're moving at 150%, you know, or working at a hundred, the rate of 150%. And so I'm really taking the the work that we've done at the very beginning, the work we did at the very beginning around values and sticking to those things. And so that, that allows me to put all the effort that I like to put into the things that I want to put into, but then also minimize the amount of effort that I put into things that aren't as valuable or don't align with my values. So that's number one. And then the second is, you know, I've, I've, I've found what I need at least for this time to be the the voices and the the mantras and any motivational kind of words and sayings to combat some of those negative voices in my head and i think we all again struggle with with some of that where there's there's a you know kind of just a, a voice that tells you that you shouldn't take that next step that action isn't appropriate at this moment that that's too big of a risk that you're not smart enough whatever all of those things and so doing the work to offset those is life work. I don't think it's something that happens once. Um, and that in, the, in and of itself is another muscle that needs to be built and, um, and that works towards taking action. And so um, I, I feel like I got to a point where I took steps without thinking very blindly, many of them steps between my illnesses. And so I was kind of, you know, driven to do the next thing because I didn't know how long I was going to be well. And, um, and that was enough to propel me forward. 
And now I'm at the point where like, that's not going to be enough to propel me forward. I, I need to, to do things based on having a strong foundation and belief in the work that I can do, what I know I can deliver and being able to combat those negative voices regularly. And so those two things, one being the value system that allows me to live a balanced life. And the second being the voices that tell me, number one, it's okay to live a balanced life. And number two, no one's going to consider me less than or less valuable because I've chosen to take that balance. Those are those are the two most important things that I'm taking with me out of the program. That's great. Thank you. And what are you celebrating now? I know we, we talked about that in the program about, you know, really taking the time to celebrate ourselves and pause, you know, for so many high achieving women we get that, we check that box and we're like, all right, I did that. And then we're boom, we're on to the next thing. And we often don't take time to pause and celebrate. So what are you celebrating now? I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but I have gone to bed at my prescribed bedtime, which is 1130 for about four weeks in a row. (laughs) And I just discovered these melatonin gummies, these sleep gummy bears. And they are by Sugar Bear. If anybody's listening, it's a free endorsement for Sugar Bear. Um, and it is my favorite thing. It's like it just going to sleep with a clear mind, like going to bed clear-headed, waking up clear-headed, not waking up in the middle of the night, not staying up till ridiculous hours, and then starting the day just exhausted. And and I, I know that sounds trivial, but no. I think for a lot of people, it's a real thing. We've, and we talked about it in our group is, you know, like I, I gave myself a bedtime. There's really nothing else I should be doing or starting at 1130 that I can't start <laughs> the next day. Um, and that was just, you know, my old, the old, the way that I used to think the voice in my head used to tell me it's fine. Stay up, do the thing. People will appreciate it. Um, you know, there's value in there instead of like, there's value in your sleep and then staying healthy and being able to wake up and, you know, start the day just as clearly as you ended it. And, um, and so I'm celebrating that. And I, I mean, I, I have bought a ton of these sugar bear gummies because I'm like <laughs> passing them out to people. I'm like, look, get some sleep. It's 2020. <laughs> no, I love that. And you know what I love is I love the self-care. You know, I really have seen you on your journey through the 12 weeks, really, you know, instead of putting so much energy outward, really refocusing a lot of that energy back on you and your family and yourself and making sure you're getting sleep and making sure you're taking care of yourself and, and taking care of what's next for your career and what your priorities are. And that has been such an amazing um, shift for you and, and for me to witness and Lori to witness as well is, is, is really this, this turned energy back towards you. And I think so many women need that. Yeah. I, I'm, I, when we talked about how we're celebrating and celebrating the wins and, you know, all the women talked about the, the various ways that they celebrate. That was the moment when I was like, I think I need a new way to celebrate self-care specifically. And, um, and that's, that's when those sleep vitamins, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One quick word to Amazon. It. Yeah. So, so for someone listening who says, wow, this sounds really interesting. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready. You're not sure if it's for me. Um, what would you tell them about signing up for the leadership lab? 
I would say if you've tried the, the person that's probably wondering if they're ready is the person that's like, well, I tried everything. I've read a self-help book. Um, I've listened to all the podcasts. I've watched all the YouTube videos and, um, I still dread going to work in the morning or, you know, I still can't figure out how to take the next step. And so I would say if that is you, um, then, then this is that small action step that costs you nothing, that risks nothing, um, that you can take just once you set up a call with Natalie or Lori, they'll take it the rest of the way. But that setting up that first call, that just that introduction, um, just to kind of be able to say, you know, to verbalize what it is you need. And you may not know it when you set the call up. But that's still the first step of action. It's just setting it up. But you'll find yourself saying it. And I think that was one of the most incredible things about this entire process is like, I don't know what kind of magic you guys have, but like you're you're able to <laughs> pull from people what the essence is of what they're looking for, even if we're not sure, even if we're not sure. And I think a lot of people are probably stopping themselves because they're like, I don't, I can't actually, I don't exactly know what it is. Like nothing's actually wrong. Right. Like that was me prior to being ill. I was like, nothing's actually wrong. Everything's great. I like my job. I like my career. I like my husband. I like my kids. Like, you know, like life's kind of okay. And, and, and still I didn't have the framework. I didn't have the path for it. I didn't have the tools. And, um, and so I'd say, you know, if, if you take anything from this podcast, it should be that, you know, that, that, uh, that opportunity to work that action muscle. And so figure out what that first step of action looks like, which might just be sending Natalie a note. Thank you, Kim. I think that's a great place to end. And for anyone listening who is interested, we do offer a free consultation call to talk about the Leadership Lab to see if it's a good fit for you. There's no hard selling. That's not what we're about. Um, it really is, you know, 30 minutes to explore what you want in life, what's important to you, and how we, Lori and I, and this program might be able to support you along the way. So we really invite you to make the call in the show notes. There's a button you can, you know, schedule a call with us. You can email us, text us, however you need to reach out. We're here for you. Um, it is our passion, Lori and I's passion to serve women like you, Kim. It was an honor having you as a founding member. Member, I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful that you spent your time here today sharing your experience. And I just thank you for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.